listen to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. They're wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking back up under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still gotta keep the work together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gon' do it like, like us? Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking back up under pressure, yeah. Thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Cree Robertson, alongside my sound man extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And we venture back into the studio for episode 416. Welcome back, everybody. Yeah, what's going on? Well, yes, sir. And uh, Merry Christmas to everyone out there. You know, yeah. not too much into the celebration. Happy of tidings. Yeah, you know I mean, the Judeo-Christian holidays. But I never poo-poo a good time to fellowship with family. So that's what you're doing. Definitely hope you guys having a good time. That's for sure, man. This uh this this holiday season, I know a lot of people probably uh are burdened with a lot of shit going on, but you know, just definitely take the time out to enjoy people if you can uh get the opportunity to be around them, that's for sure. But yeah, man. Uh you been getting into anything this weekend? Yeah, I got to catch um a little bit of uh, uh um the second season of Faraway Paladin. Ooh, nice, okay. Yeah, it's been really, really good. Um, it's the anime about the uh, the 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 orphan of mysterious origins who was raised by three undead. Okay. In order to be like, in order to just have a fighting chance, really, and so he <laughs> kind of ends up being like a really, really well-rounded fighter because he has the um, he has like the holy piety of the 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 priestess that raised them, but also the fucking. You know the barbaric frontline sense of the 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 skeleton barbarian that raised him, but also like the the crafty uh, um outside think lateral thinking of August the the greedy wizard that also raised him who's a ghost. So season one was really like all about like kind of establishing his backstory and him going out into world and sort of creating a little band for himself and achieving something. And season two is all about the the fucking. The sickle of vengeance, or something like that. The uh, the it's a or the cycle, sickle, okay. like the weapon. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, it, it's this 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 uh, uh evil dragon called Valakiria Vala, or some shit like that. Basically, he was kind of a relic from the war of a previous age, when humans and gods went to war with each other, and he ended up fighting on the side of the humans because humans were like, "Hey, yo, this nigga's the mercenary." If we don't hire him, they go hire him. Clearly. So he, the humans enlisted the help of Valakiria early, but I'm just going to call him Val. The humans enlisted his help early, but, you know, because he's an evil dragon that loves chaos, that shit was a trap. That shit was a trap and a half, and oh, yeah, yeah, it did yeah, not yeah, turn yeah. out you well. You want lawful mercenaries, not chaotic mercenaries. <laughs> so um, after after all that played out, like hundreds of years later, um, He's starting to revive, and then the season two is all about, like, first in the early season, Will just starts hearing rumblings of it around, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like more monsters are starting to show up and shit, and he investigates, and he finally starts finding out the cause of it is that this dragon is about to be revived. And, man, they spent, like, the first four episodes of season one of, like, half the cast being like, hey, yo, my nigga, if you do this shit, you're gonna die, bro. You know, you know that, right? You know you're gonna die if you do this, right? And he's like... 
you know what, man? That's a possibility, but I feel like if I turn around and run now, I'm going to break my oath to my goddess, bro, and I can't even do that. You know what I'm saying? I'm, never that. I can never, never live a life that I'm not proud of, and if I were to turn around, turn around and run away now, bro, Paladin's could never in the title of the show, bro. You, you expect me to be breaking oaths? Come so on, bro. He was like, so Will gathered his team, and he made it into the Dragon's Lair, and yo... It's it's been a really really dope fight. It's actually been um there's still one episode left in the in the season 11 of uh one, 11 of uh, 12 episodes and it's been really really dope because the first fight the first the fight's been going in like different phases against I was just the about dragon. To say, I like a good multi-phase anime fight for show. Yeah, like the first phase was sort of like an intellectual greeting between the two of them where the dragon was trying to um yeah. The dragon is like trying to uh, uh, con- convert him. It was like, hey, yo, my nigga. It's like, so what if we don't even fight each other, but just let me work for you? What's up? What you think about that? <laughs> but it was just like, first of all, first of all, if you would work for me, would you mend your ways? He was like, ah, you got me. You yeah. got me. <laughs> First one. First question. He was like, you got me. He was just like, that was a test, buddy. If you had said yes, I'd have fucking... Uh, he was like, yo, I'd have just liar, bided bro. my time. Yeah, he was like, I would have just bided my time until I got strong enough while sowing seeds in your land and then eventually turn on you when I was strong enough to. And Will, like, saw that beforehand and he was just like, nah, we, we can't do that, so... It eventually ended up being a fight between um, Will and his team versus the dragon, but that did not last very long mm. because, you know, it, it's anime. So when one person goes up a level, another person goes up a level. And See, when the dragon like, went up a level, See, the rest of the team couldn't handle it. If that was a Shonen Jump protagonist, he would have been like, no, nah, I'll take that. I'll just stay more powerful than you, nigga. <laughs> like, wow, that's bold. Nah, I mean, nah this is a, these they are, established <laughs> early on. Like, everybody established early on. Like, the god of undeath appealed to this nigga like, at least, like, three times. Like, hey, yo, don't fight this dude. I fuck with you super heavy. And if you fight this nigga, you're going to die. And it's, like, the waste of, like, the dopest hero of this generation. Like, come on, my dude. Like, it was, like, Dota Dragon Age. It. They were, like, yo, don't fight that dragon, bro. Yeah, they were just, like, yo, don't do that shit. Like, <laughs> just don't do it. Every single... I think it was... There was only... Yeah, everybody. Like, even, <laughs> no, even no, like... No, everybody. <laughs> even the bishop in the beginning who was, like, sort of, like, an antagonist towards him who eventually earned his respect. Um, <laughs> he was, like, yo, bro. Yeah. He wrote him a letter, and at the end of that letter, he wrote... P.S. There would be no shame in running away from this. Like, I don't even like you, but don't fight that you dragon. You feel me? Like nobody was like, do that shit. So even when Will went went in there to, to confront the dragon that first time, like there was a moment where he was like, the where he failed that first like um uh he first that failed roll to pass that fear check. Oh. He failed that first one and he was paralyzed. But then ah. then he had to acknowledge like you know what? Yes, I am out of my depth, and this is definitely something to be afraid of. But I can't let that shit stop well, me. And then that he was Rickard in, um, in, in Castlevania that got hit, that failed his fear saving red <laughs> when he saw Urlocks, bro. Bro, that was yo. Uh. That will be forever a meme in my head of this nigga just booking it. Like, get the fuck out of here! We're all gonna die! <laughs> Holy shit! He's gonna kill us all! What are you doing? Run! Facts, like, man. yo. That could because it's such a salient reaction to, yeah. to like seeing the big bad. Like, yeah, I'm not ready. 
I'm no, not ready. yeah, 100%. I'm not ready. 100%. Like, he told all these people all the way there, like, nah, man, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Dude, the God, the God's Herod appealed to two different occasions. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. The dragon flexed the first time. And he was like, oh, shit. Maybe I shouldn't be doing it. And then he was like, no, 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 I can't turn back. Fuck See, that. I think Rick Riker just critically failed that role. Oh, yeah. That was sure. a problem. <laughs> like, he didn't just fail it. Critically failed. Rolled a solid one, my nigga. You oh, had advantage man. and rolled two ones. I was just about to say disadvantage <laughs> and rolled two ones, nigga. What? I will kill your character for that. Uh, like, yo, my G, that's too. That's no. That's too bad luck, right there. Yeah, that's like, you got it, If luck. you can't get, if you roll double ones, ooh. The worst is when you roll two twenties on some goofy ass shit. Oh, that you some dumb shit that don't matter. <laughs> yes. I rolled. I remember rolling two twenties on some shit that I had advantage on, and it was like, yeah, it's a group check anyway. The all the other niggas failed. I was like, word, bro. You want to know? It's funny. Um, in um three point five, and this is just a quick aside before we get back to the to the anime. In three point five, to don armor hastily was a roll, mm-hmm. like a DC Ted roll. And this nigga Jeff would stay rolling twenties on his don armor roll. <laughs> and I'm just like, bro, why do you want to look so fresh in your armor, yo. bro? Like, what yo. is wrong with you? Yo, he's got to do a Superman transformation every episode, bro. It's it's in it's his contract. Ridiculous. It's in his contract. I got a quick so change nigga, every time. That nigga dives into the clothes without actually <laughs> attempting to take it off the rack, and- or like. That bullshit that the Flash does where it comes out of his ring and it vibrates in the air and he jumps bruh. into it while it's in the air. Like, get the fuck out of my face, man. It's like, bro, rolling 20 on a Don Armor check is fucking sickness, bro. That's just, <laughs> it's definitely out of control. But yeah, go ahead. But yeah, um, so the first phase of the fight was like a negotiation. The second phase of the fight was like them two going all out. And it was pretty good. Man's will came out on top. But, you know, this is a dragon that's been around for like a thousand years. And I don't remember what exactly the hacks that he uses is, but... Oh, that's right. He's the dragon of decay. So he's just like... He just disperses himself yeah, into like out, the spirits out. and fucking recon- reconstitute himself. So... And he's constantly... I assume that he has some kind of aura that's draining your life. Like, you can't be near that nigga. No, nah, no. Nah, nah. Like, <laughs> Will is pretty... <laughs> Willie's pretty well protected by um by Gracefield for so shit like that. He's I think he does as a matter of fact because they did speak about the miasma all the time and how it was negatively affecting everything around it. But Will, no, that's just a common feature of dragons. Okay, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it, it does exist. But Will is the main character, ah, and as such, so he's got he's got multiple he is types trained of around that. Yeah, no, like like. He essentially dispelled that Maizma to everything that he came into contact on his way gotcha. here. Therefore, there's no way that Maizma would actually be a factor in the actual battle. Yeah, yeah. If he, if he, he's been clearing that shit as he goes. Yeah, but. yeah. The, as a matter of fact, that was also one of the, the, the plot points in the series because there was just like, yo, are you sure you should be... Um, one of the things about the main character is he's dummy strong, so he brute forces a lot of shit that shouldn't be brute forcible. For example, in how he became famous, famous in... Season one was um, he choked out a wyvern. You feel me? The, the wyvern yeah, attacked the town. Bare head choke out. Yes, he, the wyvern attacked the town. They were able to subdue it, but in the last gas, the wyvern was just like, "Oh, word! I'm just gonna blur, blow y'all up." So Will was like, "Oh shit!" Had to jump up and choke that nigga out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chill, chill, keep that Constrict in there. the airways, bro. You know so. what that just reminded me of? Mashal got renewed, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but that's how you know that that's how he brute forces a lot of things, and so. His team were, was reminding him, like, yo, if you're dispelling all this miasma, you're going to blow our element of surprise because the demon's going to know that something's up. I was never so, trying to surprise him. Yeah, yeah. Will was just like... Nigga ain't worried about nothing. What? Will is... Will is... 
he's a very like straightforward paladin but he's also i what i like about him is that he's very earnest and he also realizes his, his failings like the whole time he's marching towards that there was a part of him that actively accepted that he could be marching to his death it's just that he felt that if he did chose any other path than this then he would be betraying his oath to his goddess so he just is like nah i gotta do it bro like we'll figure it out i'm preparing for sure for sure i'm not nobody's planning to go there to die but that is very much a possibility yeah but if we let this nigga go loose it'll be even worse that that is always the 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 ever-present drawback of of rolling with a pally is like yeah that nigga's going headlong so yeah he's yeah. not really going to be using subtlety like yeah. even dex pallies don't use subtlety yeah i mean like who was that who was the name of the paladin in dungeons and dragons um the honor oh uh, uh zank zank that was a dex paladin that nigga was just <laughs> brazen about it though bro it's like bro you got all that dex you can't sneak not one bit nope, nope. i'm just gonna walk in a straight line so. i'm just not gonna do it is the yep. issue but yeah dude but yeah that's that's pretty much where the where the episode is so um there's one episode left and there there was another pause and another negotiation and that broke down again so but in the meantime while will was soloing the the dragon um basically what happened was, was the the dragon was all about like yo Yo, one one God's blessing ain't enough to save you from me, nigga, essentially. Yeah, damn. <laughs> Yo, that's some brazen shit to say, though, my G. Yo, the dragon is like, so what if you beloved by Gracefield? Nigga, I'll break that shit. It was like, yo, I, I he's like, I rejoice in, 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 in like, destroying heroes at their greatest. And he was like, yo, you're of one hubris. of the dopest heroes I have ever met. No, it's like straight respect with him. It's just like... Like, that's what makes the dinner that much more delicious. Absolutely, yeah. Is because it's so good. So he's just like, yo, we going, it's going down right now. But it's, it's really Confidence nice to see. has to taste like this finest Chianti. <laughs> <laughs> but now they're on their third wind. Um, Damn. The, uh, uh, the, the god of undeath, who's a pretty interesting character. His name is Stagnate. And the god of undeath loves heroes, but it's sort of like that really strange sort of divine love where he's just like, I, do, I love heroes, but I hate to see them die in their greatest moments. So he offers every hero the, the like pact of undeath in order to live forever in that shining moment. But the thing with like, that is, in, in this world, every person like, they um you share an oath to a a um to a good deity as you're coming of age and in order to make the oath of stagnate you have to break that oath and that's sort of why undead are very like you know they're mm. really reviled, reviled in this world uh, because that's a part of that lore yes so that's sort of like the big taboo like if you accept becoming an undead from sta- from stagnate it's like a, a really big taboo in this world mm. and he he was uh, uh he ended up having some dealings with Will at the end of um season one, and you know Will had to fuck that nigga up, which only made it worse because then he was like, "Yo, you are my you are my rival, I bro. Really fuck with you. You now, are the bro. ideal hero, son. You were able to beat my club. His um, you were able to beat my Avatar? Echo, even oh. though it, yeah, say they they use both words for him, and he was like, "You were able to beat my Echo, even though it was just a brand new Echo. It's still worthy of um uh, of adulation. Absolutely, yeah. and so." stagnate was just like he didn't give will his blessing because he was like nah that is my enemy he is he is he stag it was really cool about the show is um stagnate and valakiria 
they've always they've had sort of a similar relationship to Will, where they've both been trying to con, con to uh to corrupt him the whole time. Where they're like, mm, yo, they're this both dude, for the same soul. Yeah, they're like, yo, this dude is so staunch for Gracefield, bro. It's like, mm, and he's like so. It, that's he's, a, actually a really cool storyline. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's I'm like, yo, such he's so a fucking idealist. devout follower of my God that other gods are courting they're me. Just, like, yo, 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 like, yo. Come to fuck with me, though, my if G. If I could take this nigga away from his God, I've accomplished, not only have I accomplished something, oh, but I've also scored one of the greatest As weapons ever. As an evil ever. god corrupting a paladin <sighs> or a good god is probably one of the, like, it's probably a high, like, you get a divine point, a divinity point for that shit. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, especially a paladin of that level. Yeah, I mean, Will is pretty favored by Gracefield for sure, for sure. If so, it's, uh, I'm very uh, curious to see. That's almost like how, a divine champion at that level. Yes. I, I mean, I'm sure he's aiming to, I'm sure he's getting there eventually, you know what I mean? But it's really awesome to see his journey from just like, first, he was just the confused kids being raised by a bunch of undead. Then he was just a rookie paladin, like, with nobody and no nothing in the world because he was raised in isolation away from everyone else. And then he slowly built some allies and had his own, like, town. And eventually, my man's facing down story. dragons. A, a, a rags to, to, to riches the hero filming? story? Hell yeah. That. So, yeah, I, I'd highly recommend... Um, uh, a faraway palette, and it's in second season. It's wrapping up. I think it's wrapping up this weekend is when the episode twelve comes out, and I'm really looking forward to see how the the fight settles. No, I mentioned earlier. Are you following Mashal? Are you gonna? Are you keeping up with that? Oh, uh, I didn't keep up with the 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 manga, but I am. I would be. I will be watching whatever the um. Oh, nice. That's good for them. That's yeah. Very, so if you're caught up good. with the anime, there's more to, to come of that. Um, I'm not sure where the manga is gonna um reside but yeah 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 so that should be probably uh uh soonest i can imagine either probably summer of this year yeah or summer of next year of 2024 is probably when the soonest we can see that but that's all that's great news that show is fucking funny you know i thought it had a, a little heart of whimsy that was fun to follow yeah <laughs> yo the quidditch impersonation is fucking like Absolutely, this is control, fucking ridiculous. Bro. Yo, I'm just gonna flat my legs flat, so yo, fast the, the that I defy kicks, gravity. The, no, flutter flick, flutter kick, Quidditch is out of control. <laughs> but yeah, dude, that because when you earlier you were talking about brute forcing, and I'm like, oh, yeah, Jesus Christ, <laughs> this this nigga. I was watching the, uh, the yo, clips if of last Will season, suplexes uh, the dragon at the end of this fight, my nigga, bro, it's over. But yeah, that's what's up. Um. And so um, I actually been catching uh, an anime. Uh, I caught the first half of Blue Eyed Samurai. Oh, nice! How was that? I like it. It's very enjoyable. It's um, it's very. I I think it's a really interesting story. You know what? Um, I never actually thought about it until I watched this. But I've I don't think I've ever actually consumed a samurai story told by a woman mm. because it's a very male dominated profession Definitely. you know what i mean like culturally it's just male dominated like it was outlawed you I mean, know what i mean for i think for the closest i can think of is ron my half and okay but i wouldn't say that's a sam you think that's a, you would call that a samurai oh uh, i'm not saying it's straight up samurai oh, okay, but there okay. are definitely samurai elements within it you absolutely know what I mean? for sure, so, for sure. Um, yeah I'm not, I'm not saying it's vague vagabond or anything like that but yeah no this is like a straight up samurai story where the main character is is a samurai I but it's that. written by mm -hmm. a woman mm -hmm. and um do you mind if I spoil anything? Because it's just first episode stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's um like the big, the big twist is that the main character is a woman. Um, 
And so her interpretation of Bushido is very interesting. You know what I mean? And so I, I've noticed because, you know, I've consumed so many samurai stories. The thing about samurai stories is that they they all adhere to a very strict tradition. You know what I mean? That's kind of part of the through line of mm-hmm. of samurai culture. And um, so they're all very similar in some degree. And it's where they it's where samurai find expressions in Bushido that is kind of like the color of a samurai story. But this in in Blue-Eyed Samurai, it's a very different interpretation of Bushido for sure. Um which is interesting. It's very fun to watch. Good animation, um storyline slaps, very culturally engendered. Like it and it's also very interesting because I've seen a lot of tellings of stories in this era of of Japanese history. This one focuses very heavily on what what they refer to as the flesh trade. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like whether it's purchasing people for mercenary work or purchasing people for prostitution, like very those storylines are very um heavily weighted throughout the um the first half of the story at least. Um and 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 not for nothing, they're very interestingly explored. Really really well done. Um but yeah, you know, it's funny because like I definitely caught on to that the main character was a female from the first five minutes. Like, I don't know what it was, but it, they definitely maybe it was the over the 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 overly heavy over heavily handled way they tried to push that this is a male character. It just felt <laughs> weird. You know what I mean? Like the effeminate way plus the it's a boy, it's a guy. Like they kept referring to their gender. It just felt weird. Like so I kind of picked up on no, I'm pretty. I'm 99 percent sure. A female <laughs> they character. wouldn't be drawing this much attention yeah. to it if there wasn't a point to it. You know what I mean? Because it's like the in samurai culture, it's kind of the like the the water you swim in mm-hmm. as a fish. It's like we just don't, we don't deal with women. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's not even a thing. We don't we don't even consider it. That's why effeminate men could still be. You know what I mean? Not questioned because it's it's not even a question whether a woman would be present in right. this, this scenario. So it's it's an absurd thought. And it, it, so it stuck out to me. But other than that, um, that was, and I wouldn't even say that that, that that was just like something that I picked up on. It wasn't bad at all. Like it's a very interesting plot line throughout. I love the um, uh, the sidekick character, super cool dude. Like, I just, he's he's clearly not an invalid, but they keep calling <laughs> him an invalid because he um something happened to his hands. You know what I mean? Like, the man's hands are non-existent. Um, so, like... But he's very capable. Like, he finds... He makes do without his hands. And it's just, like, they keep on calling him an invalid. And it's like, yo, every time he does something, I'm like, man, <laughs> fuck y'all, nigga. See? Look at that. Look at that. You know what I mean? Like, a really interesting to de- uh, depiction of a differently abled person. You know what I mean? Because he absolutely does not, like, view not having hands as a handicap. So I, I don't feel like it's a handicap tip. You know what I mean? Like, it's only a handicap if you feel like you can't do something because of it. But he absolutely makes do um, for everything he has to do. And he's like, if he was working in a noodle shop at first, it's like, oh, my guy, <laughs> how do you work in a noodle shop with no hands? He makes fucking do. So I definitely like, would not call him me. handicap. He's definitely differently abled. Like, he's earned that 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 moniker for sure. But um, that's what's up, dude. Like, it's a really interesting... um. Samurai story. 
of course, it's it's centered around revenge, which is dope. Uh, main character kind of got on my bad side, though, because, like, she steals from somebody close to her, and I'm like, bruh, you can't be betraying people like that, bro. Facts. Like, I, I get it. She has a different... And, I, and yeah, I don't mind referring to her by her, the, the actual gender because she's realizing herself through the act of Bushido as well. So it's also about, you know, kind of like how she learns to appreciate and love people around her. So it's an interesting story. Like, and it's funny because you were telling, you were talking about um, um, Faraway Paladin. Uh, I do love me a good orphan story, man. Like rescuing orphans is like yeah. the height of like yes, like that 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 that's a that that's a uh you get a a merit of high morals for that for me every time. You know what I mean, <laughs> so yeah, dude, it, you know it, it starts out as a orphan story where, um, she's a, uh, adopted by somebody and you know it just it it's a really well told story in that respect. Like there's good backstory, world building's dope, um. Really interesting, like, I guess, cultural depiction of, uh, uh, like, a biracial person who's half white, half, half Japanese, only because, like, I'm very heavily engendered in American propaganda, and so the ideas of blue eyes have been, you know, propagated as a, as a positive thing, so it's really uh, uh, jaunting when, in, in this show, they... They refer to to her blue eyes as like she's a monster. Look at her eyes, like, <laughs> like what? What kind of fucking reaction is that? Like, well, that's probably because like the Japanese is so monochromatic. Mm-hmm. I can understand why that is because like when even in isekai, the way you identify Japanese people is that they have solid black hair and dark eyes. You know, it's it's so common among them and so ubiquitous that we us look like this so anything that's different can easily be considered like yo what Bro, the fuck is hilarious. that hilarious especially like, back then in like feudal times motherfuckers were ignorant as shit in feudal times everything was a monster or a witch or a fucking what's even funnier about it is that it's time. always self-deprecating it's always <laughs> her friend to herself as disgusting looking and as a and nobody was nobody really uh, responds glad. to her that way like Okay. Like, uh, so she's othering herself because she... Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. She, she yes. looks always different from anyone else that it, it's... Because of the ridicule as a child. Yeah. She took the childlike ridicule with her throughout her her young adult life. And so it's it's funny because she's dealing with adults now and they're more like, yo, no, you're a fucking deadly blade. I don't give a fuck what color your eyes are, nigga. What? That is the least of my worries. Yeah, you know I mean, like yeah, it's like the um, it's like how uh, circuses control elephants by like uh, from when they're mm-hmm. kids, they're tying their their, mm-hmm. their 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 rope, tying rope mental to their restraint. foot to a stake. Break the mental Yeah, restraint. and like they grow out of the the chain, and they can easily walk out of that shit. But they're holding on to that shit from their childhood that says that they can't do it. Yeah, so that that's always and these are and and not that any of these things are particularly poorly depicted. It's just, no, it's, just that's funny human to psychology. Me. Yeah, you know, that, it's just funny to me. Psych- oh, we're not human, just it. human psychology because we're talking about elephants just now. But yeah, <laughs> if you know how to exploit psychology, unfortunately, that's just this is one of the things. You know, we got a lot of weaknesses up there. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it's a it, it's a really good story, and and I'm interested to see where it ends because it's kind of like her revenge story is kind of like. Who 
cares? <laughs> like, it, it is yeah. kind of who cares because it's like said. she's hunting down the yeah. and the, and the, you know, yeah. It's this is all kind of revealed in the first episode, but like she wants she has a kill list of the four white men who were living in Japan when she was born. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Like, is there more to this or uh... you know what it feels like? You ever you ever seen the um the the storyline where it's a demon hunter who's a half demon so now they hunt demons to try to find penance that's what it feels like like she wants to kill all the white men in japan because she feels like they they are <laughs> demons demon. and they made her into a monster and it's just like and i'm not oh, mad at that it's just it's just a funny storyline to me it's like all right like do your thing man as long as you do as long as you perform heat moves in the yeah, in the, in the course of uh of this journey i'm not mad at it yeah you know I uh, I realized recently that like my brain is overloaded with lore, and that that's one of the main reasons why why I skim so much of what I read in video games. Cause it's just too much to absorb, man. There's entirely too much. So you know what? It's okay. You know, if not you for got nothing. I I would mad. definitely admit that I'm probably stretching. Like at this point, like I'm consuming like franchise retrospectives that are like six hours long, and I'm like, all right. <laughs> I don't know if this is a is this is an appropriate use of my uh, of my mental space. Like, like I'm definitely getting overloaded on 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 lore for sure. Yeah, that's, that's that is a real thing. <laughs> I'd be like, yo, I don't care who that nigga is. I just know I gotta bust his ass and take his shit. And and please just look cool. Yes, while you do that it. is a absolute must. Like, preferably both of us gotta look cool, but I definitely gotta look badass while whooping that nigga's ass. That's a for sure. That's a requirement. That's it. It's a, it's a pretty simple thing, you know what I mean? It's not. I don't think that as a consumer, I'm asking for a lot. Nah, nah, nah. nah. I mean, that's the shit you remember. I still remember, like, um, that old Spider-Man game, speaking of um, Insomniac from the other day, that old Spider-Man game where you could also, you could switch on the fly between Spider-Man and Venom. Yeah. And he oh, had this one move where yeah. he would, like, lift enemies off the ground and, like, surf on them and spin them yeah. while kicking them in the air. And I was just Extra. like, yo... That is so disrespectful, my nigga. Like, he's like hopscotching on the nigga's face while he's webbing him up and flipping him around. And then he slams him on the ground afterwards. I'm like, yo. And it, it, it's funny because there's no acknowledgement of like, yo, those niggas are nowhere near your level, bro. <laughs> You're a bully, bro. Yo, nigga. you are wrecking these fucking level ones, bro. Like, holy oh, crap. Shit. Bully them niggas. Yeah, no. Looking fresh while fucking enemies up is, is a requirement for sure. But yeah, any anime that satisfies <laughs> that, you know, they get a lot of leeway in, in the other Hell areas yeah. for sure. Hell yeah, bro! It's like if if you if you got a lot of good looking fights, man, you can story could come later. You know what I mean? But then again, I've realized that's sort of like uh, a lot of people do that now. You get really good at one thing so that you can wait against all of your other flaws. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and I do like how in this sh- in the fight scenes, like. There are a lot of traditional samurai fight scenes. Like, it's very realistic in its choreography. Um, but if you actually read about actual accounts of how samurai fight, they, in actual warfare, so, like, and even in duels, they have a lot of dirty maneuvers. Like, <laughs> fighting in the snow, it is considered a valid maneuver to swipe into the snow to blind your opponent type of shit. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yo... They have little armor-piercing daggers in their their uh, their sheets for a reason. You know what I mean? Like, 
you know, Amen. samurais, you know, and, and that's why knowing your opponent's fighting style was so important because you need to know if they were going to hit, they were going to strike yeah. you with that wakazashi <laughs> in their ways. You know what I mean? And so, like, yeah, it, it, I like how they incorporate in her Bushido style, the blue-eyed samurai Mizu, they incorporate in her fighting style a lot of uh, kind of asymmetric fighting tactics that only a, a experienced samurai who's had to improvise would know. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. of course, fresh out of the dojo, you're not going to do this shit because they won't teach you that in the dojo. But someone who's fought for their life... Exactly. They're yep. going to do that shit. Yep. So, it's like... At the end of the day, what's really important is going home with both your limbs or not with, but with all no, your limbs. No, it's going home with a W. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, even if you have to sacrifice part of your body, coming, getting the W with your life is all that matters. You know what I mean? Like, and, and it's funny because there's parts of Bushido that she doesn't accept, like, sacrificing her life for her goal. Like, Man, she's, nah. a, she's way ahead of the game then. Yeah, I mean, like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, there's certain parts of... Like, way ahead of the game. Like, one of her opponents is, like, her rival is, like, dead set on, like, getting a clean duel with her. And she's like, yo, you should have just killed me when you had the chance. Because if you give me a clean duel, I'm fucking you up, bro. I'm that's fucking you funny. up and it's not even a question. What you gonna do? Complain from the afterlife? Good yeah, I mean, nigga. like I'll meet you in the afterlife, dog. We'll talk like Gojo and Sukuna in the you afterlife. How about that? Yeah, I mean, ass like, saying I'm trying to live. Mm-mm. So yeah, I, that's why. Like, it's very, it's very like after having consumed so many samurai stories to see someone with such a flexible coat of bushido, I think is really refreshing. Actually, you know, what I mean, it's, it's really dope. Um, only because, it, like, I can imagine that anyone who who's not part of the mainstream Japanese culture who manages to become a samurai is absolutely going to have a loose coat of Bushido. Like, <laughs> like you really got to be indoctrinated with that shit heavy, bro. Yeah. You know I mean, like you really do for, to, to hold to that shit because a lot of it don't make sense. It really don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of times, a lot of that stuff was really more about community building rather than being like truly logical. Yeah, you know what I mean? Control. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Blue eyed samurai. Very dope. Highly recommend it. I'm through the first half, so I'll give a a, a, a part two, um, second half review, bars. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, definitely um, enjoying that as as it as it progresses. So, um, yeah, let's move on. And you know, last time we got into all of the fun topics, so I figure we'll do our our holiday duty and get into all of those you know um, forbidden holiday dinner conversations topics. You know what I mean? Like all that shit. That you're not supposed to talk about at the dinner table, the American politics and foreign affairs and shit. We got you covered. We'll hit up all those topics so you don't got to worry about talking about it with people who don't give a shit. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Let's go ahead and dive right in because, boy, oh, boy, man. The fuckery never stops, bro. It never stops. It goes from completely inane to, like, vaguely problematic. You know what I mean? Like, so... The first thing that 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 people wanted to start an uproar about is like, of course, there's a whole lot of shit going down in American foreign policy in terms of supporting wars and all that stuff. But you know, the White House has a whole PR team separate of foreign policy and and that goes out and does promotional shit. And so they went out and they got this um, tap dancing troupe to create a promotional video for the White House. Now, that budget is probably separate. It's probably got nothing to do with defense spending, got nothing to do with 
you know, like the mainstay of, and it's probably not that much money. And people were in a fucking uproar. Like, how can you be doing this? People are dying all over the world. It's like, yo, my guy, this has nothing to do with that, bro. <laughs> and it's so funny watching people. I, I really think that the idea of the holiday spirit is a fucking foregone thing because, and, and, and it was ruined by the very people who had the most in using it as a fucking distraction because, bro, something as inane as hiring a, 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 a bunch of people who do not have any interest whatsoever in, in, in participating in these world political events, hiring them to make a fucking promotional holiday video for the White House. That is the least of people's worries. And this is what people choose to be in an uproar about. It's like, it's so perfect for the holiday season. Like, this is, thank you for blessing my timeline and keeping reality staunchly at the forefront. Because this is the kind of shit that's like, dude, bro, let's focus on what really matters. You know what I mean? Like, the fact that the, the holiday staff is still going about their business, despite what the fucking Secretary of State and... Uh, 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 and the Secretary of Defense are are doing worldwide. Like, st stop wasting energy on that. But I thought it was the perfect opener to the kind of bullshit that's going on in the fucking newsfeed right now. Because let me tell you, man, there the outrage engine is made to to fucking divide people at the worst time because it's supposed to be a season of fellowship. As I said, you know what I mean, like. If there's anything that is worthwhile in the holidays is that we get the free time to be able to spend with people that we care about. You know what I mean? And and and, and it sucks that even when the White House takes a predisposed budget to try to put a little bit of whimsy into the air, people can't even fucking take it for what it's worth. They got to shit on it. And, and I mean, the kind of stuff that they were saying was really telling because it was like, I mean, it was a tap dance troupe, so you can imagine it's a bunch of it's the people dancing, and they're like, "Oh, look at these guys!" It's like, bro, yeah, they're fucking dancers, dude. You're like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, it 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 really is telling what what people latch onto in 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 the news cycle. But boy, does that perfectly set the stage for the kind of stuff that's going on right now. Because, I mean, right now, I feel like there's going to be a split in the judiciary because there's judges right now. Who are just, they're just putting down rulings that are like, listen, we're done. We're done. There's too much manipulation happening. You see, Giuliani just got hit for defamation. This man has been trying to skirt the law in terms of, of his public speech for so long. And he's been at the very highest level of public servitude. And that shit is illegal to speak so recklessly about other public servants. And he was defaming those George election officials to the point where people were, were harassing them. And he just got hit for $145 million. And you know what's fucked up? Is that <clears throat> these ladies are African-American. And it's only when African-Americans get big settles, settlements do you see them start saying, well, well, you know, we're going to have to see if they can pay. What? First of all, part of, the, part of the due diligence of the court is to make sure that the settlement amount is commensurate with what can be paid in the first place. Damages cannot out un unless there are. So pretty much from my understanding of the law is that if the damages are emotional. They have to be proportionate to what the person can pay unless the damages are physical and we can actually put a dollar amount on what is owed. 
emotional damages cannot uh, uh, exceed what a person can actually pay. It, it would it, there, there's no restitution in in not receiving the money. So the court's due diligence would say, hey, well, they caused this much emotional damage. This is proportionate to what they can actually pay by deeming their finance. So that $145 settlement should be paid out because the court should have done their due diligence in, fight, in, in determining whether that was a commensurate amount with what the defendant could pay out. So the idea that they're even questioning, like, well, we're going to have to do a whole bunch more legal shit to determine well, whether he can pay or not is like, that only happens to, to, to certain, certain people. Yeah, I mean, that shit is super unfair, you know? But these judges, man, they're, they're done with all of the, 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 the public foolery in their courtrooms, it seems like. And when I say all of them, I mean a lot of the higher-end judges. Because you see, in the Trump case, um, the judge threw his expert out. <laughs> he threw his expert out. He said, on the face of it, this man is so biased, and with a cursory examination of his finances, is well within your pocket. How in the world can this court take this as an unbiased testimony? And he threw that shit out. And, and, and it's, you know, these courts are stacked, and they're stacked with very right-leaning judges. And so I'm a little bit remiss to, to ratify giving them this kind of power. But it is the kind of power that in a fair judiciary they would need to have to be able to act as a a valid check and balance to the other um to the other uh departments or other branches of government you know what i mean and that same three branch structure is replicated in you know on the state and the the the, the municipal level you know so when the judiciary on the municipal level they have to be counteracted with city council members who are elected officials you know what I mean? And city council members in in concert with public workers that re- act as, you know what I mean, the the executive branch. Because the, that's where the people have the most say, because they populate that branch. And so you create a three-branch structure throughout. And you need a strong judiciary. And these judiciaries, are, I think, are on the—I don't know if they're on the state level, not the federal level. And it's good to see— at least a robust state level judiciary across a couple of states because without that you know the 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 checks and balance system just doesn't function and it needs to 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 get its footing somewhere and stopping a lot of these these celebrity politicians from abusing their public image that's a start cuz these are mostly defamation lawsuits that they're getting hit on which is like silly cuz those are those are really weak lawsuits to be losing on, you know what I mean? Like it's especially when you're a public figure, defamation is particularly difficult. So these guys are just they're they're running roughshod. You know what I mean? Like they are opening some themselves up to these lawsuits. And it's good to see that at least the judiciary isn't giving up the ghost and 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 letting them pretty much bluff and scam their way out of the charges by presenting fake experts and 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 continued defamation. After the courts deemed them, you know, as 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 unlawfully defaming these people, you know, 
So so I guess that's a that's a, a little bit of a, a a mixed blessing story because granted the system has shown itself to be manipulable manipulable but at very least we're getting some positive outcomes from the judiciary not allowing these people to to get away with the the open manip- uh, manipulation of the courts so there's that going on in the uh, in the news right now which i thought was really interesting um but yeah dude moving on from that dude uh there's so much going on in 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 world politics like right now did you see that they're about to uh release Epstein's fucking associates list I did not 170 people I think have been been named 170 people bro any, any new information any any new names on the list no 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 they haven't released the names on the list outside oh. of the the um Israeli officials who had been uh, funding some of his stuff. So I don't know why those were the first names to to be found in association with with um thing. Probably because there was such a large financial trail. It had actually nothing to do with the associates list. They were just like, oh, these people are these people are just giving them money, man. And so yeah, there was a bunch of um Israeli officials. But I mean, who didn't expect that? You know what I mean? Like. What does what evil shit isn't Israel putting their the Israeli government putting their hand in? So that that was a, a foregone conclusion. But we're gonna see. I mean, the last couple of of names that had publicly come out were um just Noam Chomsky and uh Bill Clinton and Prince Andrew. Those are the last. Those are the last couple. You know what I mean? It's impossible. It couldn't have been Prince Andrew because he don't sweat. Bro, he don't sweat. Is that why when they they have video of this nigga just gushing, bro? That sweat was digital. That was digital. You can do anything with technology. That sweat was digital, bro. They added that shit. That's Photoshop. That's deep fake. That's deep fake sweat, bro. Yo, that's the goofiest fucking. That's how you know someone is privileged when their excuses are bullshit. When their excuses don't even address the main. That's Kim Jong Un level (laughs) stupidity. Oh no, I don't pee or poop. Trying to tell me my man don't piss or poop? You trying to tell me my man eats Clown and doesn't shit, piss or bro. poop? Hey, yo, my nigga, I don't sweat. Couldn't have been anything, bro. Like any fucking thing. Oh, trying to throw the trail off. Nigga, I don't sweat, bro. You fat as fuck. You sweating sitting bro. down. What is happening right now? Bro, you think about this and sweat in the morning. What are you talking about, <laughs> dude? Yeah, that was a great video, my nigga. I think it was trip in. So dude. bad his parents had to cut him off, bro. But yeah, so so yeah, the Epstein list. I'm interested to see, only because honestly, I genuinely expect to find a bunch of people that are like hardcore into like leftist politics that are gonna be like, yeah, Ooh. because they're the, because think about it, if they're into right wing conservative politics, I'm pretty sure their fan base is gonna like make some shit up and just be deluded about it. The only people who ever get held accountable are like leftist politicians, and so I, I, I'm I'm real interested to see what kind of um, excuses come out because Noam Chomsky was left leftist to find was that was found to be in cahoots with uh, Epstein, and that man gets said I hang out with all kinds of people, and I'm like, bro, these niggas are about to be in shambles, bro. If that's where their fucking their their PR is at, these niggas are about to be in shambles because Noam Chomsky is like two days from dead, so. 
he don't give a fuck. I understand why he would just say, I hang out with a lot of niggas, bro. I'm not, I am in no way, shape, or form going to give a fuck about this at this late stage in life. I think we're about to find out a bunch of niggas with some long careers were funded partially by playing around on Epstein Island. And, uh, yeah, I guess good luck. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't mean it because they all deserve to fucking burn for that shit, bro. Like, Man, bro, what they were doing to those you know, those young women, yeah. Needless to say, I hope there ain't no justice system, but I hope those young women get some justice. But uh, yeah, man, moving on from that, dude, fucking some shit's been going on around the world for sure. Like, you know, I know I haven't talked much about what goes on in the Congo because I don't know much about what goes on in the Congo. There's not a lot of reporting on it. There's, unfortunately, not a lot of civilian infrastructure. Um, we just see the atrocities. And so, at very least, to bring it to the forefront, only because now we find out that, of course, Israel's sending military forces to the Congo, which is, by proxy, American money. And the situation in the Congo is unfortunate in that you have... From what I understand, guerrilla armies created from child soldiers and minors that are fighting against a Western-established government, which does not have the best interests of the people at large, and a very large indigenous population of the Congo that is caught in the middle of it. And unfortunately, as these things degenerate, you know, the civilian population becomes abused, whether it is overtaxed for what few services they can receive to fund the the Western-backed government, or they become physically brutalized through rape and impression by the guerrilla attack, uh, forces. And so I definitely want to put put some some solidarity in the air for the people of the Congo, but I genuinely don't know what... We can do because there are so many interests in keeping it destabilized because of its mineral resources that I I wouldn't even know where to start with that. Because even if you get the Western back backed government out so that austerity doesn't fall on the people and you manage to subdue the guerrilla forces don't know what I don't know if there is an established uh class or I don't I wouldn't say class but group of people who can help create a governing body there I don't even know because Congo has traditionally been mostly dispersed tribes of bushmen and and when I say bushmen I don't mean that derogatorily I mean just generally people who live natural lives you know what I mean? In the forest. So, unfortunately, the only way for them to exist with some semblance of peace would be to participate in the nation-state governance system. And I don't know if they, if they have an organized body that can do that. You know what I mean? And so that's the only thing I would, I would be willing to like say, like, hey, that's something that's hopeful for. Because you don't see that from the actors in play now. But, you know, in reference to that, 
you know, keep your eyes peeled. I'll definitely keep keep looking out for more information on it. But, you know, my heart goes out to the Congo, man. It is a very rough time for them right now. You know, it is... And, it, and it's rough because a large portion of that population generally could live on subsistence. They're being cut off from this subsistence living that they could just do they don't need the government's help truly to survive you know these are people who could survive on their own it's just that unfortunately nobody nobody is fucking safe in this world if you have something that capitalist societies want and that and that's the real tragedy of the congo is that none of these people need or want anything from the world the world wants everything from them and that that's that's the real tragedy of 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 industrial colonialism. Because what's happening in Africa isn't settler colonialism. There's not a lot of white people who want to live in Africa. You're getting industrial colonialism where they're industrializing the natural resources of these countries, which are the same resources that they would need to nationalize to be able to operate on the global market with any kind of foothold. And so the industrial, uh, um, the industrialization of their natural resources is uh, really what's what the kicker is, you know. And so yeah, you know, if anyone out there one you know has information on that, definitely please feel free to parlay with us on social media because I'd love to find out more about what's going on in that area because there's just so little. Same thing with Sudan, you know, like there's terrible tragedies happening in Sudan. And all we ever get to see is the tragedies, and we don't ever get to see, like, well, where do we look for solidarity to be able to help change this situation? Because there's very little we're going to be able to do from where we are, you know what I mean? Other than, you know, try our best to motivate our political system to not add to the fire. But outside of that, we need to be able to do something more, more tangible because, you know, we don't even have very much control over our own political system, you know? And so... That's the only reason why I generally don't talk too much on those those subjects is because there's not a lot to triangulate the truth from. And that would be necessary for me to feel comfortable with, with saying, you know, outside of what's factually happening on the ground, like, yeah, but this is some something that we can move towards uh, an understanding, a deeper understanding of what's going on. It's There's not a lot to chew on there. And that really sucks, you know what I mean? But that is what it is. But I saw that I, I saw I saw some some solidarity messages going on, and so at very least, you know, put that in people's minds if they're looking for some place to put prayers because they definitely need every little bit that they can get. But dude, fucking a man, what's going on in Gaza is a is is a tragedy that the world is seeing. And there's only one country that is willing to firmly put their feet down and provide military aid uh, in what little capacity that they can. And oddly enough, that's Yemen, who is in the middle of their own civil war between a Saudi-backed government and the indigenous population. And in their own plight has said, you know what? The people of Gaza are even even worse off than we are. So what little solidarity we can show, we will show. And they've taken to the waters to help blockade the Red Sea from Israeli ships until 
uh, un- until Gaza has some semblance of freedom. And it's it's wild, man, because the, the world response, of course, is we've got to go to war with Yemen now. Clearly, the answer to, to this to this country who is who's already being sieged by by Saudi forces, who's already been been sanctioned uh, uh, heavily by by all U.N. nations. They're over here like, yo, time of time to pull out the full blown war. And, and, and it's just for the most minor resistance to to what's going on. You know, and, and and honestly, you know, I see a lot of people talk about like why does why doesn't the rest of the Arab world come to 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 Gaza's aid? You do know that there that Israel has a full blown military campaign being performed against Lebanon, Syria, and Jordan, right? Right now, while they're flattening the Gaza. You know what I mean? Like this shit is 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 wild, bro. And and to see the only country with some balls to to actually openly state that they're taking some steps towards aiding the people in the Gaza in their plight against the clear genocide that's happening to them is Yemen, bro. Bro. <laughs> I I think that like the UN Humanitarian Council, they should just go ahead and just pack it up. They should just go ahead and pack it up. Because they have they have done less to to ease the plight of the people in the Gaza than Yemen has been able to do in just a few a few weeks of of a very let me tell you not you know what I mean they're gunships let me tell you, they're just not a naval power you know what I mean like it's purely symbolic what they're doing and and the fact that they're willing to do that at whatever uh uh diplomatic expense that that comes with you know what I mean I think is very very telling to to the other nations United Nations um partners in that region you know what I mean it's 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 wild like it's a I, I'm really surprised that the propaganda engine has been able to affect so many people because it's so blatant you know what I mean like there's no every time Israel puts out a propaganda video of like look at all of these rebels it's almost instantaneously followed by a story like that was actually a fake clip guys that that wasn't that wasn't really what happened there those people weren't actually uh dissidents those you know what I mean like it, it it's it's so out of control like it, it really does blow my mind a bit that the that the propaganda engine still gets to where it's at in this conflict because like any any cursory examination of the actual numbers is out of control like in in what way does a trade of 20,000 to 600 and change make like sense like oh yeah no they're defending themselves you know what I mean? Like I just, it really does does surprise me. And then for it to extend to the to the to the few nations, small nations that are trying to do what they can, 
you know, it, it really does show you, like, the war-footing propaganda is super strong. Super strong. Because it over it overwhelms people's basic sense of decency. It overwhelms facts. You know what I mean? Like, I know we say it all the time that well, uh, a lie travels around the fir- world faster than, than the truth. You know what I mean? Like, it really, it really, really, really uh, uh, is a huge example of that. Like, yeah, man. I when it hit twenty thousand, I was like, "Wait, there's people really still trying to justify this." And then you, you still have have reports of like, "Yo, Israel's sitting here holding fundraisers in New York amongst the rich." I'm like, these things are holding fundraisers. Like, you got billions from our government. And you're getting more from the private sector? Like, shit is out of control. Like, I've never seen, like, a righteous cause that, 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 that operates this way. It, it just really strikes me as like, oh, this, this sounds like some dirty shit. But I don't know. Seems to have definitely made its rounds and, 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 and colored the views of quite a few people. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, that, that, that one I thought was a little bit wild. But, um... Moving on from that, uh, what do we got to 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 wrap up today? You know, it's it's a real shame after all of you know this whole year of of supposed economic growth in this in this country. You know, they're talking about interest rates are great. You know, and it's funny because around this time of year, you always hear the reports of like, you know. The average American can't afford food, but you're doing a lot better than before. And it's like, dude, how? What? You see all kinds of reports like this. And it's 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 so indicative of the failings of American economics to connect to like the average person. Like American economics is so devoid from the well-being of the individuals that are partaking in it that, you know, you get all kinds of of crazy uh, uh, reports this time of year only to 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 jade people into how well they're doing so that they don't stop spending, you know. And it's a real shame. But I did see this this metric come across the the um the newsfeed, and I was like, man, if there's any better sign of the unhealth of the American economy, it's that in 2012 to buy the median house home in America cost $45,000 and in just 10 years in 2022 it tripled okay it cost 115,000 so it just under tripled but it cost $115,000 to if you wanted to hypothetically move to a rich neighborhood in Idaho, which would probably be a home around the median price in the country, seven hundred thousand to eight hundred fifty thousand dollars, cost you one hundred and fifteen thousand dollars a year, when the average person in America—I mean, above the average—I mean, well, I think the top eighty percent of America is making somewhere around sixty-five thousand dollars a year, like. Most of America can't afford to live normally. And they are just barely living normally with two fully-fledged incomes in the home. That's harsh. And no pensions. 
So that means that if they want to die in that home, they have to work to the day they die, till the day they die. That is not a healthy economy, guys. And and that's unfortunate in a consumer economy because in a consumer economy, the consumer base has to be productive enough to be garnering enough wages to have excess income. Fundamentally, a consumer economy is driven off of excess income. And the fact that they've turned all of the necessities into profit, profit-driven uh, 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 scenarios, things like your food and your house and your medical, means that they've, they've, they've exhausted their ability to extract funds from people through just their excess funds. That's, that, that's what is happening to our economy. People don't have excess funds, and that's why they make money off of your medical and your food and your housing. Because if they were making enough money, which they most certainly are, but clearly not enough for themselves, off of selling you dating websites and charging you subscription fees, you know what I mean? They, they wouldn't have to monetize the necessities the way they do. And a healthy society wouldn't allow them to monetize the necessities unless they absolutely needed to. And we, we've, we've given them everything in this society, you know what I mean? We can't afford to, 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 to live in decent surroundings anymore because the idea of buying a home is outside of the purview of 80% of the society. You know what I mean? Like, the idea that we don't provide full employment, full, full, like, entire full-time employment to a large subsection of the society. So now you have people who are working two part-time jobs to try to fill that 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 full-time gap. And even that's not enough, they're going to have to pick up a third job. It's like it's not livable like and we're making it this way. And we're just choosing to ignore the voices of so many people who are living in that condition because we all don't want to feel like we're poor or we don't want to feel like we're not keeping up or and it's a it's a very unhealthy thing for society you know what i mean and so that's going to be my holiday message to everybody is is don't feel bad for living within your means you know what i mean you're not the one who gets to create that that environment you could just do the best that you can do with the opportunity good people who make good choices don't make good choices because they're special. They make good choices because they were given good options. And not everyone is given good options. So don't feel bad for living within your means. You're doing the best with the options that are provided to you. And that's part of living in a society. You know what I mean? And so we got to recognize when we've built a society that's not giving us good options because, and we can see that not through individual testimonies of how successful they were by flipping fucking houses, but by the fact that 80% of people can't fucking afford houses. You know what I mean? So let's not be aspirational, aspirationally poor in these holiday seasons and live and appreciate what we have and, and, and not feel bad for living within our means because that's a completely okay scenario to be in. You know what I mean? So, alrighty, guys. Thank you for joining us. We'll keep it short for you guys. You know, after all of that depressing news on this holiday, I hope everyone had a happy holiday season and enjoys the time with their family and friends. 
Um, if you did enjoy the show, please feel free to subscribe. You can find us on anchor.fm and on patreon.com. You could also find us on the social medias on Twitter at Korea underscore T and at Home Heron. And also on Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast and at Heron's Homies. And you can find me on Instagram at RicoGVO. Remember, guys, time's only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly will learn from. Thanks again for joining us and have a great holiday season. Peace out. Take it easy.